0: I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda
1: and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training and I offer transformational coaching, but
0: that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the
1: intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life.
0: Each week we'll share stories, answer your questions and talk to others who inspire us.
1: Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast.
0: Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. Amy, you're totally fired up today. I've had an amazing day. I've taken two yoga classes already today because I own a yoga studio, so I should be taking class. And so I did, I took two classes. I took a vinyasa flow at 6.15 this morning. And then I took a yin-yang lovely class at 9.30. And it was just the medicine that I needed.
1: A perfect way to start a weekend. And I'm just coming from teaching a regular Friday morning class that I have at this studio that has a view of the water that leads over to the main part of the city of Vancouver. Um, It's on this pseudo island in Vancouver called Granville Island. So I'm with you. I'm also feeling that post-yoga glow. So we're actually feeling the opposite of what we were gonna talk about today because we both notice in lots of conversations with family and friends and loved ones and clients that we spend so much time in the workplace and that is a place that is rife with triggers. And um, I know that this word trigger, it's very much in the culture right now. And sometimes when that happens with words, they kind of lose their meaning because we use them so often. But how would you describe the experience of being triggered?
0: Being triggered to me means something has caused a strong reaction in me that could be present moment or it could be causing a reaction of something, bringing up something from my past, either patterns of my behavior or patterns of behavior of others that I've had to endure. Um, so it's kind of a, like a switch for me that's flipped.
1: hmm Yeah, I, I agree. I see it as somebody else's actions or words that have hit upon a wounded part of me and maybe I'm not even fully aware that that part is still wounded and then it causes some sort of reaction because we're all just seeing our life through our own specific conditioning and lenses. And so it's, it's showing me the way that I am um, viewing the world. It's, it's showing me perhaps what is not healed in me yet. And when we took Ashley Turner's Yoga Psyche Soul, she has a, a segment in that course where she talks about, she doesn't use the word trigger. Um, A psychologist that she was working with used the word fragmented, which I also think is really interesting because it does feel like we're no longer right here, right now. When it happens, we're we've transcended right here, right now. And there's a part of us that's in the past and reacting based on um, something that happened a long time ago.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that feels spot on.
1: Yeah. And I like that. And she actually had a really nice antidote that I printed out that when we notice that we are triggered or when we notice that we're fragmented and for a long time, we're just not going to notice this. We might just be at work and somebody says something and all of a sudden we're angry and we're making it mean, you know, this whole big story. And then we might be sharing it and making it bigger. And then all of a sudden there's this dramatic event when honestly it's, Got nothing to do with the other person. You know that's that's the way it tends to look uh, until such a time as it's pointed out to us that no, no, no. You know your emotions are yours. So eventually, when we decide to do this work, when we do start to feel a flash of anger or irritation or shame or hurt, if we have any sort of big negative emotion based on what somebody else has said, it is the time to to look within and decide what has been, what has been hit upon there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I remember in that course, one of the sentences that um, were suggested to say was, you know, okay, in this moment, I am fragmented. I have been this way before. I will be this way again, and I will get through it. And then just from that moment of of acknowledging rather than attempting to push away that negative emotion, then we can do that deeper work of like, okay, what is this reminding me of? And when have I felt this way before?
0: I like how they describe it as being fragmented because that feels very true that you have left the present moment and gone somewhere else you know, to an old pattern or an old memory or old behavior.
1: And lots of times walking away from ourselves because lots of times when we're triggered, we'll go into shame. So we'll sort of go into feeling really badly about ourselves and uh, creating that whole story. Um, So let's give some examples here as we continue to talk about and explore this whole idea of being triggered. So you've been working in the hospital situation for 23 years. So do any moments come to mind that
0: you would be willing to share with us? I was triggered this week by a friend of mine. I have been very, very busy working so hard on opening this beautiful space and making this transition from the old studio to the new studio as seamless as possible and as successful as possible. And and it has been magnificent. It's a beautiful space and the teachers are just top notch and are branding is beautiful and the artwork on the wall is beautiful and and everyone of this everyone in this community is so in it you know they're in it to win it they they give of themselves to this space the students are so dedicated the teachers are amazing and I've been real triggered by people coming into this space and saying anything but amazing things about it or diminishing the hard work and the, the I haven't cried yet over it, but I definitely have sweated a lot and maybe drawn a little bit of blood um, over what it took to overnight Make this a reality, and it was weeks of sleepless nights and weeks of twenty hour days and just working as hard as i 've worked in a long time and when somebody comes into this space and at all diminishes oh you just you just walked in and could go you know like the like immediately like you just how lucky are you and that you could just you know walk in on day one and, and have this great success. Yes, I was set up for success in this opportunity. The previous owner has been amazing to work with. And yet, it has been a lot of work. And I found myself diminishing that too. Or in conversation saying, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, like giving credit all over the place but to myself. Mm -hmm. And then I felt kind of crappy about that because I'm the one who has had the 20 hour days and the sleepless nights and the blood and the sweat, you know, expended, but yet I wasn't giving myself proper credit and it felt shitty in the moment. And it felt shitty afterwards because I, I felt like I wasn't being true to myself or my, any parts of me that have worked so hard for this or even the little one that I carry inside of me that I'm always promising to uphold and honor and, and, and put on a pedestal and really take care of and really just love all over. And I felt like I was diminishing that part of me and not allowing myself to be all bright and shiny in the moment. And then I was pissed. (laughs) Mm -hmm
1: and based on what you've shared with us so beautifully in past episodes about your family of origin it's like i it's like that part of you that wants to be seen you know was triggered that part of you that wants to be seen for how much you do and how hard you work and, and- and how that was overlooked when, when you were growing up. And and so it feels like maybe it's that younger part of you because it's often that younger part of us that's triggered. Um, in that instance, when everything that you have put into this, like it's your whole heart, when that's not seen, it's like, it's like triggering that part of you that, that dearly wants to be seen but
0: is not. Totally. That's exactly right.
1: The fact that you feel angry, as you know, that that's because it, it is a bit of a boundary cross. You know, it is, we do have essentially parts of ourselves that, that just want to shine bright because we all deserve that. But we were so conditioned to believe that we don't. And it, it makes us angry when somebody crosses that boundary.
0: Yeah. And I was angry at, you know, whoever... I felt was diminishing it. And then I was really angry at myself because I fell into that old habitual pattern of being smaller or being quieter or not bragging, not putting my achievements out there and just being proud of them. And so I was angry with myself for that, not allowing myself to be seen unapologetically and so I have, I have kind of sought out opportunities this week where I could be a little braggy, I guess, but I don't know if that's even a word, but... That word, unfortunately,
1: has gone into the shadow of most of us women, right? We right. were taught not to be too loud about our, our achievements. You know, I remember my daughter was in a singing competition and one of the judges afterwards said to her, you know, with talent like that, you sure don't want to get too big for your britches.
0: yeah. Right. You
1: know, that's the kind of messaging that that we're told our entire life. So anytime that it is appropriate for us to speak our truth and speak about our worth, we do have that little voice saying, oh, you know, don't brag. Just like there's that little voice, like, don't talk too much. Don't, Don't be too bossy. You know, all of these words have gone into our shadow. So let's reclaim that on this episode today. Like, be braggy. You did a thing. You did a thing and you deserve to be braggy. Let's reclaim that word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And be big and bold and maybe loud and not have an excuse and not diminish or apologize for anything. And I've, I've been really sitting with that this week of being unapologetic, for my success because I think as women, we do that. We apologize or we give credit to somebody else or we don't put ourselves out there. And just being unapologetic this week felt so grounding and so solid. And in a previous episode, I think I shared that my mantra is what if all of my hard work pays off Mm -hmm. and it is paying off and I've worked really hard and I don't want to take either of those things for granted. I've worked really hard and it's paying off. And I want to be proud of that. And I am proud of that. And I want to just be able to be seen for a little bit for that and not feel ashamed of success.
1: Well, there's a, lo- a lot of different things going on in that interaction with that woman. Well, and first of all, in, our, in last uh, week's episode, we talked about, You know, the practice of getting to a place of nothing to prove and nothing to hide. And that's where I hear you wanting to step into, which is like super goal of mine too. But you hit on something else. You know, unconsciously, we women are oftentimes not as supportive with one another as I know that we all wish that we could be, because we do have these conditions around success for women in general and we hold them within, we might not know that we do, but we hold some of those limiting beliefs within. And then we project them out on other women. When we see other women really putting themselves out there on social media, sharing something personal or, or really stepping into who they're meant to be and going for it and succeeding, for it's hard for us to celebrate that. And so I know you know, but you know, just to, to share this, because this is an important part, Uh, an important realization when we're triggered that, you know, that didn't have anything to do with you. And you may very well have triggered that person and that, that deep, probably unrecognized belief around the ways that she is not stepping into her life as she wishes that she did. And so there is this projection of wanting to diminish. There is this projection of maybe not even realizing the wanting to diminish other women who are going for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see that between women especially. Men don't seem to have that issue of trying to pull each other down as often as it feels like women want to.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a topic worth exploring and exploring within. You know, what do we really think about women succeeding and what do we really think when we see uh, a strong, powerful woman putting herself out there? And what are our internal judgments? Because those internal judgments teach us a lot about what we really think about that. And then it's our job to question that. You know, just like when we're triggered, it's our job to recognize that we have been, and then say, okay, well, when do I first remember feeling that way? So, and and if it's okay, I might ask you. So as you're working through this, and as you're being so. Generous to share this because this is useful. Have you thought about, you know, how old you were and when you kind of first remember feeling bummed out that you were not recognized for how much work that you were doing?
0: That goes way back um, to I would say eight or nine, ten. When I was young, I rode horses and I showed horses, I did show jumping and um, English hunter jumper shows, I was pretty good. And I would win ribbons. And a lot of times nobody from my family would be there at all. Like they would drop me off in the morning and then my trainer would probably take me home. And if my parents got their way, my trainer probably picked me up in the morning and then dropped me off at home. So that wasn't really a recognized accomplishment of mine. And that was really hard work, hours and hours and hours at the stables and at the barn. And, you know, it just wasn't ever something that I could really shine bright with because there was a lot of times nobody there to see it. And that stands out as a time that that I didn't feel seen or I didn't feel like people recognized how important that was to me that I was doing this thing that was different and hard and that I was good at. And that was one of the things also that was used, like, if I got in trouble, then that was the first thing to get yanked was I couldn't go to the barn. I couldn't go, you know, I couldn't go to the stables that week. And that was like my heart and soul. And that also proved to me that it didn't, that something that was important to me wasn't
1: recognized. And I didn't know that about you with horses. So I get to learn (laughs) about you here too. So the next part of this practice is now that you recognize a a significant time that that recent conversation reminded you of, you can imagine her, right? You can imagine that that nine and 10-year-old version of you and and working so hard and and winning a ribbon and, and not having any Buddy there to see that to hold space for that you know to really see you in all your glory and passion and all of your sparkle and shine and so you know the, the work is now to like envision seeing that little one now and as you are you know telling her what she needed to hear and so what what did she need
0: at the time she just needed to be seen and applauded and acknowledged that she worked really hard at something and she did really well and to unapologetically like be in the moment, you know, to have her moment, to have her shining moment and not have to diminish that at all that so, she could, enjo- she could enjoy it. So what would you say to her? You did amazing. Look, how Oh my God, you did so good. This is awesome. Like, congratulations. That's awesome. You've worked so hard and it shows and wow, that's awesome.
1: And that's exactly what you need to hear now, right?
0: Yeah. 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 And I need to also let that excitement come out. And when people talk about this place that is just over the top, dreamy and beautiful and such a sanctuary for everyone that comes here, and yes, it's awesome and I'm proud of it and I worked really hard for it and it shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell myself that, that you did it. You did an awesome job.
1: Yep. And in real time here, you're, you're showing how to deal with being fragmented. It's, it's telling yourself what you needed to hear then when you first internalized that you weren't being seen. And then noting that, you know, it's not that acquaintance of yours that you are mad at. It's it's what was brought up. And it shows you that it's still very real, that there's a part of you that still doesn't feel that she is seen. And so now just what's so beautiful about this is that life always takes us exactly where we need to go in order to heal. And yeah. life has taken you into this situation where once again, you have worked super hard and now it's like time to celebrate. And you, as you're sharing with us, it's like, we need to give that to ourselves because we're not going to be able to control what other people think. And other people may very well think that it's a brag if we talk about how amazing it is, but we can't control that. And that's us kind of going into their mind, going into their boundary. The only thing we can control is how we speak to ourselves within, right? That the, the cultivation of the kinder voice. And you just said it. You just said it all. You know, mm-hmm. you're amazing. You did amazing. Good for you. You just said it all. that was really beautiful.
0: Well, I felt really good too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are amazing, let me just say. and And it is quite a feat. And I do know how hard you have worked. I do know. I have been just admiring that from the sidelines. And my... My uh, story of being triggered at work is the first one that came to mind is not um, something that has happened recently, although I admit like of course, I, I have little triggers happen to me all the time, but a big one that happened when I was in my 20s and I had been working in radio for about six years, and I had just started at a, a new radio station. In a market that I had never worked at before, and I was going on a remote. And what that means is that you you you're away from the radio station, and you're like broadcasting live from a business or something. You know, I'm sure you've heard that on the radio, where the announcer is at the furniture store, the car dealership. Come on down and bring the kids. We're you know we're giving out prizes and 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 t- kind of talking about a big event. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So I was I was. Scheduled to be at a remote. I can't remember for what, but when I got there, the promotions director, um, also a younger man, I think I I was in my mid twenties. He was probably just a few years older than me. He said, "So, you know, wear your headphones." And I said, "What?" Every other radio station that I'd ever worked at, and I had worked at three at that point. Um. There were there were headphones for the announcers when they got to the remote. But what I didn't know, because I think this was my second day at this radio station, what I didn't know is that the announcers there all had their own headphones and they brought them into the studio with them. I had never heard of that before. That just had never been a part of anything that I learned about in school. And it was, I think, it was very singular to this to this uh, this new market that I hadn't been in. And so I said, oh, I don't. I don't have headphones. And he said, how long have you been in this business? (laughs) Uh. And okay. To somebody who didn't have the specific, you know, conditioning or lens that I did in my twenties might've just laughed and like that, that it just might've just rolled off of them. And clearly I remember it because it did make me feel so ashamed because I didn't know it then, but I was, I was for sure grappling with, and I am not good enough and not smart enough. And I always have to be proving myself, um, especially to men. So that just cut right through to that. And I remember just, just getting completely feeling humiliated, like all red in the face and all ashamed and also very angry. Like I, I really held a grudge against that guy. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> For a long time after that, like I just decided that I didn't like him and of course I made it all about him because I did not have the awareness whatsoever to look within and figure out why that upset me so much. And I and I hadn't thought about it until I knew we were going to talk about this topic and so I haven't worked through this at all either. But you know what I know is that I I felt much like you completely belittled and diminished. And uh, I felt like I was being told that I didn't know what I was doing and that I was not good enough to be in this career. That's kind of like how I received it. And it was doubly triggering because at that time in the entire field of radio, there weren't many women. It, It was, there was mostly men on the air and mostly uh, definitely mostly men in management and sales staff. It started to change within the later years that I was in it. And, and then there were women in management and, and sales and more women on the air. But at that time, I was working with a lot of men. And I, I, you know, I often felt sort of either patted on the head or honestly harassed. You know, I, I definitely felt that in m- many instances in my career. So that, you know, that added to it as well. Just, just constantly feeling that you had to try so hard and you had to try extra hard to be funny because there was this belief that women weren't as funny as men. I just felt like there was, it was so much harder in in many different ways.
0: Well, you brought up the, the idea of women having to be funnier and women having to work so much harder than men. And that just brings up, have you ever noticed when women and men are out, how women are dressed and how men are dressed, typically? My daughter
1: notices that. See, her generation is teaching me so much of the things that, you know, I've been a little blind to. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, women go women look beautiful and they dress nice and they do their hair and they do their makeup. And they could be on the same date with this guy, and this guy's wearing his tennis shoes and his t-shirt and I'm like come on like we have to work so much harder at these things it seems like to be to reach neutral not even to excel but to reach neutral and like you were saying with work you had to work so much harder at what you were doing than maybe the men did and just to be on the same plane not even excelling, not even to be perceived as excelling.
1: Yeah. In that instance, for sure, I definitely felt like I felt put down. I felt one down. But the point is it wouldn't have bothered me unless there was a part of me already that didn't already believe that based on everything that we're talking about, just, just based on the conditioning of the, of the culture, of course, that, that is a reality and our role as women. And listen, we're speaking also as women with privilege um, that are triggered with this not having a right to be at the table, not having a right to be here, you know, that is, that's just crossing a boundary of humanity. And there are plenty of other populations in our world that struggle with that a lot more than we do. But yes, in that, in that instance, I definitely felt like I was told that I didn't have a right to be there. But again, it would not have bothered me so much if there was a part of me that didn't believe that. And I didn't know that at the time. And if, you know, if I were going to ask myself, well, when did I first start to believe that I didn't deserve to be somewhere, you know, I wasn't good enough to be somewhere, that, yeah, that's, that's a young one. That's a young one. That's a family of origin one. And, and that's, a, that's a school um and in some situations with with bullying that I've talked about on this podcast before, and in that instance, what that younger version of me who was so ashamed and you know didn't say anything, just just sort of mumbled under my breath, and then I guess I had to just borrow a pair of headphones and then just feel I remember it really affected me that entire yes I was also a new employee there. This is the first time I ever really met this guy. And then I had to perform, which as I've shared before, was always very nerve wracking for me. It was always something that I had to fight through. So if I could go back and, and talk to her now in that moment of being fragmented, what she needed to hear was, well, it's, I think what's what we all need to hear, honestly, is that you, know, you deserve to be here just as much as anybody else does. And you are just essentially deserving of being here you you really are just enough. And that's another term that's thrown around so much. You are enough, you are enough. I just, I never want that to lose its meaning because every child needs to somehow internalize that. And unfortunately, it's just so hard because even as a parent, I see this. I see how my child has internalized how she has to be good. And that's, that was so so torturous for me is trying just so hard to be good and to be acknowledged and to achieve and my whole self-worth was tied up in in what other people thought and you know that's that's based on my conditioning for sure and then that's been the road of healing for me but that's that's for sure what she needed to to hear at that time
0: and how do you keep that today Oh, well, everything we constantly talk
1: about, um, it's, it's, I really believe in an examined life. And I, I really believe in the branch of yoga around self-study because we are the ones, we are the only ones that are responsible for how we feel and what we think and the way that we show up. And this is our work. When something upsets us, I mean, to a degree, you know, if somebody is violent against us, if somebody is actively hurting us, that's another thing. But this is just what we're talking about is when, you know, somebody makes a comment, it's that remembrance that it isn't them. You know, it's not, it's not about being angry at them. And it's not about them having the power to make me feel any certain way. It's about what that comment exposed in me. And then it's my responsibility to look at that and do the work around that. And that what we've, what we've just done here today is part of that work, remembering and then telling ourselves what we needed to hear then. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good way to wrap this up. Can you imagine if we really did have the chance to go back and talk to our younger selves?
0: Oh, that would be so amazing. That would be just, I can just, hear myself like cheering her on and like being the loudest person in the audience and probably being so obnoxious that I would embarrass her, but <laughs> just giving her all the accolades that I feel like she deserves.
1: So what would you want? Not just your younger nine and 10 year old, but like your younger, your teenage self or even your self in your 20s if you could go back and share some insights and wisdom, what would you want her to know?
0: To step into it, to to not back away from all the return on investment that, that she had put forth, all the hard work, all the effort and blood, sweat and tears that that she had put into whatever it was that she wanted so badly at the time to then once she accomplished whatever she was proud of to accomplish to then step into it and just be proud and and brag and not be ashamed or apologetic about her accomplishments. If I could go back and talk to myself
1: and I, I think about myself in my early 20s in this radio career of mine, because it really did me in talking into the mic and and sitting in the program director's chair and and being critiqued, all of that really put me through the ringer. Based on on my own specific triggers, so I would definitely want to let myself know in my twenties that you know the big secret that what we think isn't our fault and it, and it's not us. I would want her to know that our thoughts are really just patterns and habits, and they come from our conditioning, and they cause us to see life from a, a very specific perspective that does not help us. I would try to explain that to her, but I'm sure she wouldn't have been ready to hear it. I, I, when I was ready to hear it, I heard it, and it was like such a revelation. Uh, but I would I would want to plant that seed. Maybe she would have come to it a little earlier. Maybe it would have been such a relief to know that all of those thoughts that were constantly telling her that she wasn't good enough, that those were coming from a habitual place, that they weren't coming from truth. Like she could question that. And I would want her to know that term self-worth. I, I would... I would want her to know that anything that bothered her was because she had a place inside where she didn't feel worthy enough. And I would just, I would want to educate her and let her know that, you know, she didn't have to be good all the time. I would share like my favorite Carl Jung quote with her now, which is, you, I would rather be whole than good. That's like the opposite of being fragmented, of gathering all those pieces up and, and reclaiming all of the shadows to be integrated, to be whole, to be worthy, to know deep within our bones that we do have a right to be here, all of us, and um, that working so hard to be good, whatever that means. And stay inside the lines and be pleasing. And as we were kind of touching on as women, be, be pleasing and be pretty and be pleasant and don't be bossy and don't be too much and don't be too loud and all of that. Trying so hard to stay inside that very narrow road is exhausting. It drives so many of us to burnout and, and it causes us to be hard on one another. We've already mentioned that too. Uh, because we bought into the story that we don't have a right to be here. So when we see another woman that is proving that she does have a right to be here, stepping into her self-worth, that's triggering for many of us who haven't been able to find that road yet because it feels threatening. We don't understand why we feel judgmental, but it's because it's threatening these deep beliefs that we need to question like crazy and we need to know that if we are judging somebody else, like you were judged for putting yourself out there, that's just a part of us saying, "Well, why aren't you?" That's just a part of us um, that is not being allowed to shine, and that's
0: not our natural state. I totally, I totally agree with that. Does that make it
1: easier to have compassion for her that there is a part of her that is doesn't realize or or is too afraid? Um, to put herself out there, that is not really living authentically to her goals and dreams, and there might have been a projection around that. I'm, I can't know that, but does that help to offer that? You know, to have that compassion
0: to an extent. But I'm, I'm also becoming weary of it, and I think we give each other compassion, but also, where's the correction? You know, and I can be compassionate. And I think my frustration lies more so in my treatment of myself towards myself. Mm-hmm. But also I'm kind of over it with other people's behavior also. And I can have compassion to an extent, but I'm also like, I don't know. I think I, I think I'm just moving into that space of being more interested in my own self-worth, my own being because we have done this work and anybody can do this work and anybody has these opportunities. And so do the work so that we can be kinder to each other and support each other and encourage each other. And, and that's... So I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle there, I guess. I can have compassion, but I'm also kind of
1: over Well, and it. I guess I don't mean compassion like... Um... It's different than sort of, it's different than making it okay or letting off the hook, but it almost like just frees you, you know, it frees you from from having to have that negative emotion bring you down at all or deplete you at all or steal any of your thunder at all. What I hear from you is that you're really setting a strong boundary around um, what is acceptable for you in communication. And that, you know, that is a challenge. That's been a challenge for me. And so it's powerful to hear you speak that way. And that's what anger means. When we have that flash of anger, oftentimes that does mean, okay, you know, have I, is there a boundary that's been crossed? Am I not being true to myself or is somebody else sort of stepping on that? Or sometimes, many times when we feel that flash of anger because of what somebody has said or done or how we perceived it, it's because our needs aren't getting met and Mm based on what we both shared, you know, you, you have a deep internal need to be seen based on your own specific road of life. And we all do, but that was what was triggered in that moment. Mm-hmm, so that's, that's definitely, it's another great question to ask when we're, when we're angry is to say, okay, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and how about I don't just push this aside because there's nothing more unsavory than an angry woman, right? We've learned that
0: right. too. unattractive
1: (laughs) or scary. Like we don't want to be the angry mom. We don't want to be the angry wife. Those shadow words of like naggy and all of that will come up, but no, anger is useful and it's a guide. It's there to help us set our boundaries and it's there to show us that something that we need is not being met for us. And, And typically we need to meet it for ourselves or we need to ask for what we need. So it's, that's a useful emotion. And I love that you shared that instance. And, and I, I see
0: you. Oh, thank you. I see you too. And you're bright and shiny. And I'm good enough. And you're good. You're more than good enough.
1: <laughs> All right. I love this conversation. We'd love to hear from our community and hear what it brought up for you. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy all the classes that you're going to and the beautiful, beautiful studio, Amy. And I'll talk to you next week.
0: All right. Talk to you soon. Love
1: you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it.
0: And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.